0: And welcome to another
1: episode of Shared History. You
0: know what, Natalie? There's some things money can't buy. For everything else, there's history. Oh, I like that one. Yeah, I made it up. Yeah, that's... You're a genius. (laughs) Thank you. Tell my mom. Uh,
1: (laughs) um, Shared History is a podcast where we try to tell you the stories that, you know, weren't in your history books, uh, but probably should have been, or were probably more interesting than what you learned in your history (laughs) books. (laughs) Yep. Um... I'm Natalie. I'm Cass. We're going to say that again, because this is the first time we were uh, recording since our episodes, our first episodes have come out. And some feedback from people. Uh, is that mainly we s- sound the same. That we sound exactly the same. Which I'm not helping our case, because you, I feel like, have a naturally, like, sultry. Husky. husky. Oh, oh,
0: you went for sultry, I went for husky. <laughs> uh,
1: voice than I do. Yeah. Uh, but I have i'm we'll just be slowly losing my voice throughout this episode do
0: you know what it is it was it was my sister who was like like she knows what i sound like and she's like you sound exactly the same i was like oh man people who don't know us are gonna be screwed (laughs) but it's like do they care but we'll repeat this
1: i'm natalie I'm Cass. (laughs) (laughs) Is that us? And as always, on the ones and twos, on the ones and twos, on the beeps and the beats and the bops, we have DJ Rip Camelucci.
0: And the beats and the beats and the bits and the bops and the beats and the bits and the bops. (laughs) I didn't like that at all. (laughs) <laughs> I was breakout. halfway through doing it.
1: I'm like, nah, like, there's a face this. in there and everything. It was breakout
0: bad. star, shared history, rip Camalucci. Yep.
1: No, And his, his it's off not about me. That's we true. It is not that, about you. We, we know that you. we know that, but our listeners have made it about you. That
0: They fucking love you.
1: Um, and I love that. Yep. Uh, as always, uh, rips amazing and, uh, he's our producer, but he's also has a phone in his hand. So he, he can, has a uh,
0: Wikipedia in his hand. Yeah.
1: He has the power of Google at his fingertips. If, one of us asks the other one a question that we didn't bother (laughs) including in our research uh and he will drop a beat that factoid if we so need uh because you know what Cass and i are not historians we
0: are not historians
1: that's your disclaimer for this episode all right we're not at all uh historians i forgot the word historians we're doing great killing it um Natalie, are we on?
0: Are we on Apple Podcast? We are. And and we're
1: live on everything now. I just want to take a minute to like thank everybody. We have four episodes out as we're recording this, yeah, and uh, already like we've gotten some great feedback from folks. We've gotten some emails. We've gotten some tweets. We've gotten some Instagrams. We've gotten ratings. I just want to thank everybody who has engaged with our content hashtag blast. So far. Uh, and also, to let uh, you know that if you have not, if you enjoy this podcast uh let us know let us know uh validate us us. (laughs) oh please do we're sad uh leave (laughs) us a rating or a review on uh the only two platforms that let you do that apple and stitcher um subscribe so that we're at the top of your shit and you get every episode and you know that it's coming and ratings and reviews really do help other people find our podcast so you know Pay it forward. Share the share the shared history.
0: Oh man, drink. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, and then, uh, if you listen on 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 Spotify, or if you're the only person I know who listens to podcasts on Google Play, my brother, um, <laughs> or if, or on like your RSS feeds or whatnot, take a screenshot of that. Post it on your Instagram story or on your social medias. Tag us. We we'll, might
0: do a fun little yeah. We'll try to we'll, repost it. If we'll we fan see it, Friday. If you
1: tag us and we see it, we will reshare it. Yeah. Um, but also, that's that's like the rating and review of the not Apple podcasts and Stitcher is what I've decided. R.I.P. iTunes. Uh, yeah. So uh, I normally we don't cover this much business up front, but we just wanted to thank you all for being so amazing so far, um, and remind you that we're we post um, we post like visual aids both on the Arcade Audio website with our episodes uh, and then also we post them on the social meds. So on Instagram and Twitter we are at sharedpod. So if you're like if we talk about a statue and you're like, I, I wonder want what that statue, statue looks, looks like. like.
0: We got the statue.
1: Yeah, if our words aren't painting the best picture for you, we
0: got picture a desk. <laughs> we statues. literally looked at a picture book in one of our episodes yeah, for like five and minutes. And talked about
1: it. Listen, it's beautiful. And it's I, gorgeous. I, 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 won't, I won't hear anything else. Um, so that's all my business. You have any other business? I guess no business. You got no business? It's none of your business. If I want to. Sorry. I hated that. I've been listening to a lot of salt and Pepper lately. I never apologize for that. Never. Uh, DJ Rip, did we miss any business? No business missed. Great. Uh, shall we dig in? Let's dig in. Um, my topic is a
0: little, a little...
1: Abstract a bit, maybe a reminder for our, for our listeners this is Cass speaking. <laughs> well, this Cass is going to tell a story
0: now. Every time before you talk, even if it's just to like jump in for a really slate quick your bit, name, please slate your name. Uh, timing is everything that won't kill the bit at all. Um, Cass here, friendly neighborhood Cass. Um, so my topic is the quote unquote origin of Latin America, mainly the the term Latin America. Um, We've covered, uh, like, American history. We've covered European history, a little bit of um, the Middle East. And so I was like, let's jump over to to South America. And... I love that we're both so aware of our, like, blind spots in history, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Because we're like, oh, wait, I can't do another European thing. (laughs) And also, all I ever want to do is literature things. Like, ooh, this book, and it's whatever. So stretching um, my frame of ref here. Uh, but so I wanted to do something in um, Latin America and just doing random, you know, Google searches. Like, hmm, what kind of stuff do I want to talk about? Everything was about um, the colonization by the Spanish and everyone coming over. And I was like, I don't want to do that. Let's go before that. And, I mean, there's there's information out there, but it was just so abundantly clear that, like, they're always just little blurbs of the Aztecs and the Incas and that's all. And then cool colonization. That's when things really started happening. And I'm like, "Eh, that's not very cool. Um, and then I found this, uh, this article that was talking about where the term Latin America came from. So then this ends up going back into a lot of colonization stuff, but I thought it was interesting because, um, the reason they started calling it Latin America was to Spain and England were kind of having at it with each other, or France. As they want to do France, so France and England. Okay, even more so, right? Yeah. Um, Why can't those two just get along? Come on, guys. Um, and so when they were kind of racing to uh, colonize the Americas, uh, France was trying to find like you know a legitimacy there, and so they. Okay. They were trying to, and this was also had a lot to do with um, like the church and, you know, they were part of the Catholic church. So somehow connected back to Italy and then. This feels like a stretch. It was, it was so, it was so stretchy, um, but they were like connecting the romance languages. So Spanish, French, Italian, like we're all kind of connected. And then since Spain had initially colonized. Uh, Latin America in the 1500s. Mm -hmm. Um, Spain in the like 1800s was kind of starting to decline. So that's when France stepped over and they're technically like, well, this is Spain's area, South America. Now we're going to kind of swoop in, but to help us out, we want to legitimize this. So we're saying French are of the Latin. So this is a, this is a romance language tag team. Yeah. Yeah. And Latin, colonization. Latin like, like, the Roman Catholic Church. Yeah. So they're like, we're all connected. God wants us to do this. Um, we're going to say that we have a connection to the Latin, again, European Latin tradition. And then we're going to say that we are of these...
1: I'm going to... I want to take... I want to... All right. Slight sidebar. Do it. Um, I love... I'm just realizing this. I love that, like, Latin is the root language of of all of the romance languages mm-hmm. and you know most like just a lot of languages in general but i love that like latin is a is the root language of romance languages and also like the core language of the catholic church so it's like we're religious but we also be fucking
0: wait what <laughs> i don't think i followed that at all all right Latin. (laughs) Explain it to me like I'm a small child.
1: (laughs) Yeah, let me explain how it's fucking to a small child. Um, Yeah, exactly. Uh, Latin. Latin is both is the root language of the Romance languages, and the Romance languages are named as such because. I don't know, they sound, like, romantic and That's shit? That's actually not why it was named that. Oh, well, then this is... This uh, this
0: connection stems from my ignorance. <laughs> like, this a lot of why, things on this This is podcast. why we need to learn history. Uh, also, I think... I, I may have made up the thing, but I remember being like, why is it called romance languages? I think it's not because it's, like, sexy. Well, I think they're sexy. <laughs> so then this podcast is based on my subjectivity. You know
1: what? That is basically our essential tagline. Uh well then that kind of nullifies my connection but my connection was like oh Latin is like the core language of like the root language of the romance languages the romance languages be sexy but also Latin is the central is the core language of of the church so it's like we the we the church but we also be fucking if
0: we've talked anything about the Catholic church it's like papal orgies and we know they be fucking I almost that was almost my topic Catholicism is like the fuck boy of relationships or of religions uh, but also, sorry, we, yeah, I, I, I studied British lit in uh in college, and my focus, like my main stuff I like focusing on, was um, the Romantic period, mm-hmm. um, which was an era. It wasn't. It wasn't just everybody be fucking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But so I remember like in college and like go back home. Like everyone's like, "What are you studying?" I was like, "Literature." Like Brit lit. They're like, "Oh, like whatever." Like what exactly? I was like, "Oh, I'm studying um Romantic literature," and everyone was like, Danielle, Danielle Steele. <laughs> And I was trying to explain It's like, no, it's not like... It's like a really boring um, subset of British literature where they spend four chapters talking about a tree. But it's not about that. It's not not about that. Latin America. I'd also like
1: to say for the record that I have, again... 100% 100% been the person on this podcast who has dropped the F-bomb first and made this episode explicit.
0: I always feel like I wait for you and I'm like, <laughs> it's okay, always, we're there yet. Yeah. It's we're always there. me. Sorry, mom. <laughs> Be fucking. Um, so, so this may seem like a really weird and arbitrary, like the origin of the term of Latin America, but as I was going through, there was, um, there was a citation uh of a book by, or maybe it was an article By Mauricio Tenorio Trio. um, And it's called The Allure and Power of an Idea. And so that's what kind of piqued my interest. It's how they harnessed this, um, like, obscure, like, it's not a a factual thing at all. It's like, oh, we're going to use this idea that kind of sounds plausible, plausible, legitimate, and we're going to market the hell out of it. And, um, oh, I love a good rebrand, right? Yeah, it's what's well, that Mad Men episode where it's like uh, cigarettes—they're toasted. It's like all cigarettes are, but you said it so it makes it sound yeah. like they're different. Yeah. Um, John Hamm, what up? Um, but so so the term originated. Um, it can be traced back to the 1830s. Um, that. So, the idea that a part of America has a linguistic affinity with the Romance cultures as a whole. Um, and then this is a quote The Americas were inhabited by a people of a Latin race, and that it could therefore ally itself with Latin Europe, ultimately, overlapping the Latin Church in a struggle with Teutonic Europe and the Anglo Saxon America and Slavic Europe. Basically, France was a team like. Germany was invading France, and they were mm-hmm. trying to take control. Why and, can't they just get along? Right, and so so Germany, the Slavic countries, Anglo uh, Saxony, like uh, England, were all kind of on one team. Is like the whites, the white they're all whites. But team like Germanic languages mm-hmm. and then team Latin languages. Which you know you know
1: languages are super romantic. The German With Germanic language. yeah ich liebe dich.
0: Um, so, wow, this is just gone. You can't
1: bring up, you can't bring, uh, you can't bring up words and language and not just have me focus on the dumbest I'm going to have a
0: list of taboo words I can't. Thank you for taking this journey with me. Let's, so, so, so France was like trying to establish legitimacy over Mm -hmm. here and then, um, and they used it as a way to counter British imperialism, um, because Britain was, uh, had been in the northern Americas, um, the United States, before they were, you know, the United States. And so they were slowly, like, making their way south, right? They've conquered North America and then they're moving to Mexico and then they're going to start coming into South America and France. Are they making
1: their way downtown?
0: Walking past? Jesus' <laughs> <laughs> We can't DJ Rip, anymore, you're but. the DJ Yeah but we, we don't have the right set here, No we don't um, So so in order to kind of like um, Curb this southern movement um, Of the British uh, The French were like Hey this is ours Like, Cool guys rally around us And now we're going to start fighting the British It was like get everyone on our side down there And then we're going to go fight the British um, So the origin of this Was Seemingly that this was like France's idea and whatnot, right? Um, they found a, uh, um, a poem in some gazette, uh, actually, that predated the first time that this phrase was used by a French person. Um, by a Chilean writer, philosopher, and liberal politician um, named Francisco Bilbao. I don't know if you've heard of him feel like his name crops up every now and then that's a that's
1: a reason a region of a city in basque country
0: yeah sorry just that's, no actually because i remember that yeah yeah no absolutely um so uh
1: i visited basque country i still am not 100 percent sure how to say that name i think it's basque what basque no no i know that i'm talking about Bilba- Bil- oh,
0: bilbao oh Oh, yeah, like, yeah, yeah it's
1: like bilbao or like bilbao or- yeah
0: i think um actually oh no this is I've read every single Dan Brown book ever, and I'm so embarrassed about that. Wow, you heard it here first, guys. <laughs> it is my it is my guiltiest pleasure ever.
1: I mean, I, you've also you've seen the National Treasure movies, right? Too. Oh, yeah, I
0: know. I them. Yeah, so this doesn't surprise me at all because the hashtag same. Nick Cage reference, but you brought it up first. <laughs> Fair, but in one of them, they're going to a, a museum, the Bilbao Museum. Okay, just remember that it's not about them. So, um this Chilean writer actually was the first person to use the term "latin America um, and it, so everyone thinks that it was like an imperialist thing of like France trying to take over when they found out that the original origin was by this Chilean um, politician and kind of radical, and he used it to kind of unite the you know the indigenous people of South America because. Mexico had just been invaded and like a third of the, of their land had been taken by the British. So it was still anti-imperialism, but it wasn't to, it wasn't to um, like join forces with France. It was like, guys, like all these guys are teaming up on us, let's form together. Um, and it was more to separate geographically. Okay. Um, there was like the British Americas. They didn't call it that. And then they're like, well, we're, we'll be the Latin American, you know, mm-hmm. down here. Um, and then we can use that as kind of like a geographical boundary when we're kind of explaining how we're trying to divide land and how we're trying to combat the British invasion. Mm-hmm. Um, so what was originally kind of thought of as like an imperialist thing was actually um, a, a Chilean, it was a, a Latin American kind of, guys, let's team up. Um, and then we stole the word. And then we stole the word as... Uh, we being the whites. As, as the Europeans are wont yeah. to do. Um, so then I was like, okay, uh, talking a lot about this, you know, term and then this random Chilean guy and making it really important that, like, he came up with a term four years earlier, like, going into that a lot. So then I started researching a little about Francisco Bilbao. Bilbao pardon me. Um, and he was, like, he was a revolutionary he was like super involved in the french revolution actually he was okay. over there in les Mis country in les Mis time this, is the,
1: this was that <laughs> this revolution. was it's Sorry. to give
0: you reference um, i always need it yeah yeah, yeah. so There's he too was many <laughs> he was over there and he um he was the like storming the gates and all that stuff with everyone and so it was that um he was building barricades he was waving flags
1: he was. He was.
0: I don't know the songs as well, so I can't reference him as well. Oh, oh, don't he worry. He was making plans at the Red and Black yeah. Cafe. He
1: was dreaming a dream. <laughs> he was
0: sitting. He was staring at empty ta- ta- chairs, at empty tables. Can I say that my my not my go to karaoke song, but my forced upon me karaoke song is "I Dreamed a Dream." I'm so sorry for your loss. No, I was. I was in. Uh, uh, Boston with my my sister and my mom and I had been traveling and visiting a friend there and someone had just like killed you know like Backstreet Boys like everyone's digging it it was a crowd favorite and then all Backstreet of a sudden boys are
1: always a crowd favorite and
0: then all of a sudden I hear Cass and I was like no. oh no why did you because I don't know that song yeah. very well and so the first part is like just the sing talky of like yeah. there was a time and then yeah, yeah. and I don't know that part So I tried to start doing it, and I was like, guys, I'm not gonna lie. I don't know this part of the song, so I'm just gonna do crowd work. (laughs) And I started, like, just talking to people, and I saw this guy. I was like, what's your name? Steve? Steve, where are you from? Michigan? Great. And I just started chatting with him, and then the song came up. And the song is about, like, oh, I know. A woman who was, like, scorned and then left with a kid and whatnot. So every time it was like, you took my childhood in his stride, Steve. And Steve. Now my sister makes me sing that every time we do karaoke together. But it's not about guys. I'm all over the place. Um, So he was over in um, France during all this stuff, and he was um, he really took to this kind of idea of revolution and uh, fighting imperialist powers. And then he was doing actually a lot of um, promo work. He, He was talking a lot about the situation in South America while he was still in France. He was like, Hey guys, this is what's going on down there. Okay. He was trying to like spread awareness there.
1: He was starting his own street team. He was starting his own his street, own street team. marketing.
0: Yeah. 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 And then, and then when he went back, um, he, uh, he, this is when he kind of started doing his stuff in South America. Uh, his dad was a politician and he was exiled to Peru. So, uh, Bill Bowie, grew Up in Peru, and I wrote this out because I thought it was funny. Where he studied astronomy, sciences, and music, and also practiced swimming and gymnastics. So, in exile, yeah, when he was in Peru, the, he was a child. Okay, this is when he was growing up. I'm jumping around a lot. Um, and he was the first to advocate for the so concept. It sounds like,
1: like a nice, like, vacation,
0: right? I know, casual exile is terrible, oh. Exile's awful.
1: Um, I just like I have my I have ancestors like I my I think my great grandparents were like exiled to Siberia so like exiled to Peru sounds yeah. <laughs> sounds like a
0: tropical vacation to me. <laughs> oh god yeah Siberia not a not fun so place um, yeah so he he advocated for the concept of Latin America referring to South America in the wake of the U S Mexican War. Um, formulating the concept as, quote, a direct echo of French anti-Pan-Slavism, in which Mexico lost much of its northern territory to the U.S. and U.S. intervention in Nicaragua. Um, He excluded Brazil from this Latin America because they were a monarchy with a black slave economy. He also excluded Paraguay um, and Mexico, since it was so entangled in... Mm -hmm. um, United States whatnot. So when you see Like North America Central America And South America That break yeah. Is I think Because He was like We're not gonna include Central America Yeah Because like That's a There's a lot there's Hashtag a lot it's complicated yeah. Um So he kind of found That break right there The uh The reason the US Played a central role In both of these like Uh Things he wrote And used Latin America Was this thing called The Walker Affair which was super fucked up. It was a decision by President Franklin Pierce to recognize the regime recently established in Nicaragua by American William Walker, who ruled Nicaragua-, Nicaragua for nearly a year and attempted to reinstate slavery there where it had been abolished for three decades already. Oh, fun. So, yeah, so there was this, like, American regime that was just kind of, like, dicking around in Nicaragua and, like, we own this now, and, hey, let's let's do slavery again. And so Francisco was like, nah, I don't think that's cool. Um, and, and there was this thing called the Walker Affair. was just this huge, like... It was just a year of just, like, madness. And they're like, let's try to start over what we yeah. fucked up in the States. He had this idea that... Um, the, so it says here, the North embodies individualism. The South, sociability. The Saxon Yankee is Protestant and federal. The Spanish American is Catholic and a centralizer. The Yankee is a centrifugal force... The America from the South is a centripetal force, science. Both are necessary for order to exist. So, and then that kind of like struck me, like the, you know, American dream is like you can make it no matter what's going on, like you can do it. It's all this like I, I, I. And the South America he's saying is like, it's community, it's communal, it's family, it's all that stuff. And you kind of need both for order, but it's kind of knocking on this Yankee individualism as he says. Um. Yeah, and, and literally when I read the title The Allure and Power of an Idea by Mauricio Tenorio um, it, it was like, that really struck me of like, if you lock onto an idea, you can market that and you can yeah. do whatever you want with it. And it reminded me of Ava DuVernay's film 13, mm-hmm. 13th, yeah. which was about like, the, the abolishment of slavery, but then the you know the prison system nowadays is essentially just like institutionalized slavery, yeah. and they were talking about how the Republican Party um, turned uh, turned into the morality party because they were trying to um, harness like the evangelical vote. Yeah. And so they, I can't remember exactly what it was in the documentary, but she was talking about just like really like kind of tiny little like terminology they would use. Mm-hmm. And then how they like leaned into that and then they kept using it repeatedly, repeatedly, repeatedly until it was like this idea. And then it was like, oh, this is a moral thing. Like, oh, this is a Christian thing. Yeah. Oh, for Christians, we need to lock onto this. And it's the same thing that happened with Obamacare. A lot of people had the Affordable Care Act. And they didn't realize it because people kept saying Obamacare. Yeah. They and had, there's that. Hor- and
1: they had that like negative
0: connotation. Like, I don't like to have Obama. Yeah. And then there's all of those like horrible Facebook posts of like, you know what? Screw Obamacare. I got ACA. I don't need whatever. And someone's like, like that. That's the same thing. And then they delete their post. Is it. They wanted you to forget that they were the same yeah. thing. And if, if it has a word Obama and it, it's like, fuck that.
1: Yeah. If there's one thing that like the conservative party has always been better at than the liberal party it is uh, branding
0: yeah oh for sure
1: it's just it's finding finding those like key phrases and and uh and using them f- just consistently enough that it's just like all you think about the thing as exactly like you don't think you don't even know you, you don't, don't know, know the difference between things and
0: you're just spouting
1: it not really you don't understand. actually like know you're saying that you're that you're says I don't want to I don't want to get into this. We don't want to get political but but like you're saying like like the pro-choice versus pro-life yeah. is like let's let's Well, I I want both things. I like life and choice. choice. Yeah. But and it's by, like those things by separating these two things you're people ma- you're yeah. making people choose or like latch on to I have to say, yeah. Yeah, you're making people latch on to the to the wrong thing or like yeah, not I'm necessarily something they fully understand the discrepancies between
0: yeah so it was it was just kind of me perusing the interwebs and then i read that title and i was like that's so interesting about how taking an idea and like really leaning into it it has so much power and it literally literally shaped this continent like i think it's
1: interesting like also like how 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 he drew the lines mm -hmm. of like of of leaving out the success the i feel like they were able to like successfully carve out latin america because they were like mexico's too far gone yeah for lack of a better word yeah uh and 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 like we don't want to deal with basically like it's not not low-hanging fruit but like lowering the barrier barrier to entry like lowering lowering the obstacles of of Brazil has this monarchy, yeah. mm-hmm. so that's going to be that's going to set back our movement. Yeah. to have to wrestle with that. Yeah. Uh, what? What did you say? Paraguay still had slavery? Yeah, and or? and
0: it it said
1: somebody still had slavery, and they're like, we didn't want to, we well, don't want to wrestle with that. Yeah,
0: it said uh, Brazil was a monarchy and had a black slave economy. Okay, and also Paraguay, meaning that he cut out Paraguay, but I couldn't tell if it was because. Why? Of uh, a slave economy, or if it was monarchical. So I did some like Wikipedia, like and you, know, you never found spider it? webs. And I was like, it it never says specifically. Wow. It, justice it, for Paraguay. Justice for Paraguay. Um, yeah. Uh, but so, I think it's like really smart. Like it's like a more strategic. It was very strategic thought of of
1: carving out like a whole region than I would have imagined.
0: P- yeah, because then it goes back to this idea of community of like we're all, these are all different countries. Like all these countries have already been like bordered off, but like, Hmm, if we have this kind of communal idea of like, we are all in this together, hashtag high school musical. Yeah. Um, it's easier to get this kind of support and backing against the French yeah. or against well, and the United we want, States. we want
1: this to succeed. Yeah. And, and we, knowing that they and can't, knowing do that we it. can't, we can't, we can't get this to what we want it to be with, like, wasting time and resources trying to detangle yeah. Mexico. Yeah, because,
0: like, this guy was from Chile. It's like, Chile's not going to be able to to do all of this. Yeah. Um, and and kind of spreading the load a bit was um, <laughs> but, shit. <laughs> you know, Natalie We're, didn't even make a response, yeah, but you, then I kind of stopped yourself. and winced and... Um, Spread the I load. always, I always <laughs> wince
1: when I spread the load.
0: Oh, 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 oh Natalie, what did you think of that? Maybe we jump over to you now. Uh, Ideas love, are powerful. I love the hashtag. Yeah. I love how that's the like story.
1: When you started, I was like, oh, this is gonna be like a like a entomology. Not entomology, that's bugs, right? That's etymology. Bug. Etymology. <laughs> I know the difference between words. Like entomology is bugs. Yeah. Totally. It is. it? You you were yeah. Uh, I, I knew the wrong word, and I knew what the wrong word meant. <laughs> just not entomology and etymology. They're too close. They are. Entomology, etymology, etymology It's just all over the place. I thought it was going to be like a lesson in like...
0: Yeah. Well, that's what I think is interesting about history, too, is like it, it's... So we talk about this when we want to talk about the stories that like aren't mentioned as, as often, but also the way that we teach history, it's a lot of like... Dates and this was this person and this was the tangible thing they did when most of history evolved from the abstract or the strategy of, you know, ideas and whatnot. And it's hard to teach that, I know. But I think those those small little tiny things that spread those ideas literally like in this case, they have just as much on on as an effect on the stats and facts as like I'm a glad, date, will. I'm glad you bring that
1: up. I'm going to tell you about some dates. Oh, you got a and sick segue. That people you do a segue. Well, because mine, mine is mine is a little bit more. I chose to, Natalie's the smoothest um, segue mm, ever. So smooth. Uh, I okay. I chose the topic that I chose, and then there's like 19 million different ways to talk about this, and there's yeah. a lot to unpack, and I kind of wanted to focus it, uh, and so I. Uh, I, I want to talk about um, the Japanese ex- American exclusion, which, speaking of branding, we can call it what it was, which was putting the putting Japanese Americans in concentration camps Absolutely. within the borders of our country. Yeah, um, and there's actually like a huge terminology debate around. Um, uh, around calling them concentration camps, mm-hmm. uh, that's right. they called them—like internment camps, relocation camps, yeah. uh, concentration camps. Um, I will probably refer to them as all of the above right. throughout this. Yeah. Um, but I. So it's if if you. What I think is interesting about the Japanese American exclusion. Give us a give
0: us a, a time frame here.
1: Okay. This is this starts immediately after the attack on Pearl Harbor.
0: Right. So forty. 40- yes.
1: Uh, 40? 42? 40, uh, 40, 40 I think it was 42. Yeah, 41. 41. Uh, December 7th. Not so much a date that would live in infamy, apparently, when it comes to the year. Uh, <laughs> uh, whoops. Thanks uh, you. Uh, December 7th, 1941. Um, and, and I'm going to, I'll touch on some stuff later that goes like all the way through the, to the 80s. Mm. Um, but, uh, so that's our, that's our time period. And what I think is interesting about the Japanese-American exclusion is I think that, like, we all know about it. Like, you guys all s- knew that there were, yeah. in, like, internment camps mm-hmm. in the United States, right?
0: We learned that in history class, yeah. yes. And it, it was was
1: covered. A blip. Yeah. It was glossed. Yeah. And I, like, I've, I don't, it's not that I, when I was thinking about it, it wasn't that, like, this is, like, a thing that nobody knows. Mm-hmm. Um. But I think it's just not talked about enough. And uh, I was in Seattle uh, a couple years ago, and we went to the, uh, the Japanese-American Exclusion Memorial in, on Bainbridge Island. And that's actually what I was thinking about when I was like, ooh, I want to talk about this, because I want to talk about, like, that island was the first, um, was, like, actually the first location that people were evacuated from. Can I jump in quick? So you're saying uh, the Japanese exclusion? It's a Japanese American exclusion. It's like kind of like like what the whole like. Okay. That's like that would be like the fancy like. um,
0: I'd never heard the word exclusion. Like I'd never heard that term before. Yeah. Okay.
1: Um, So that's that's. But it's. I mean, it's the forced relocation.
0: Right, right, right. I'm just saying incarceration uh, of
1: Japanese Americans and the honor of learning. Yeah. Um, So, uh, if you, uh, per the, per the facts of the blip that you probably actually covered to an extent in history class, um, between, uh, uh, 110,000 and 120,000 people of Japanese ancestry, uh, 62% of which were actually like legal U.S. citizens, um, were, were, uh, were relocated, um, so, of 127,000 ish uh, Japanese Americans living in the continental U.S. at the time of Pearl Harbor, uh, uh, somewhere between 110 and 120 uh, resided on the West Coast, which is where what was, which was the area most that they that all of the uh, relocation happened. Like that, they that's where they started at least. Um, of those, uh, 80,000 were second generation, which so they were American-born. And, uh, and third generation, and the rest were first generation, so they're immigrants born in Japan and ineligible for U.S. citizenship under U.S. law. I learned some fun words. Uh, there's a, a word in Japanese for second generation, third generation, and first generation, and I am a horrible human being, and I'm gonna pronounce these the way that I think they're pronounced because I forgot to look it up. Um, and because one of them is the name of a bar in Chicago, and I think that I've constantly also pronounced this bar's name wrong. Um, so, sorry, people who actually know Japanese, I'm the worst. Uh, so, second generation is Nisei. That's a bar, a bar on a. How do you spell it? N-I-S-E-I. Uh, third generation is, is Sansi or Sansai. Uh, and, the, and first generation are uh, Isai or I-S-S-E-I. I- um, of note Korean Americans and Taiwanese were classified as ethnically Japanese during this time because both areas were Japanese colonies at the time oh, Okay. so for the rest of this when I say like Japanese Americans or people of Japanese ancestry that also includes Korean Americans and uh, Taiwanese Americans um, so uh, the idea behind this so why did this happen um, racism <laughs> it's hashtag it's uh, racism surprise Um, it it was a response to the attack on Pearl Harbor. Uh, what was, what's interesting is that the attack was in Hawaii yet of the like 150,000 plus, uh, Japanese Americans or people of Japanese ancestry in Hawaii, which is over a third of the population of Hawaii, uh, actually only 1200 to 1800 were interned. So it was mostly, mostly the relocation happened on, in the continental U S and yeah. it was mostly in the Western in uh, the, like the Western side. Um, and the, the idea behind it was that there was the attack of Pearl Harbor. Everyone panicked and they're like, we can't trust anyone Japanese yeah. because surely they must be
0: in spying cahoots.
1: and in cahoots. Uh, and uh, so spoiler alert, not a single case of espionage was uncovered uh, during And or, like, as a result of the internment of hundreds of thousands of people. Um, Great. So the FBI arrested approximately, uh, um, like, immediately after attack, the FBI arrested approximately uh, 5,500 leaders in the Japanese-American communities in Alaska, Washington, Oregon, California, Hawaii, assuming and worried that they were involved in anti-American activity. Um, Of course, all of them were cleared. In fact, there was a commission a report released uh, about a year after the attack on Pearl Harbor that was um, supposed to just investigate the attack. And the key finding is called the Roberts Commission. And the key finding was actually that uh, this general and admiral, this U.S. general and admiral had been derelict in their duties during the attack. That was like the main takeaway. Uh, Was it like these two guys kind of fucked up? Um, But like a super vague passage like mentioned like Japanese agents and so, basically, the media took that, ran with it, mm. uh, and were like, "They're, they're the fearmongering on us." Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, interestingly enough, uh, Japanese intelligence agents didn't trust Japanese Americans and preferred to recruit Caucasians and African Americans. Wow. So, whoops. Yeah. Um. So okay, so that's I feel like what we roughly cover in history class. I wanted to kind of get into more of, like, the people who kind of made this happen um, and kind of ushered this along in an official sense and also, like, the official, uh, like, orders and laws and, like, presidential mm. proclamations and shit that actually put this into effect. Um, so January 1942, so the month after the attack, uh, there's a presidential proclamation that basically requires a registration of... Uh, all Japanese, Germans, and Italians older than 14 in the United States. Um, so they had to register with the Department of Justice. They had to report any change of address, employment, or, na- or, or their name to the FBI. They weren't allowed in restricted areas, and I was, to which I thought, were they before? Were we just all allowed in restricted areas mm-hmm. until this moment? Um, but, and, then, and it said in this procl- proclamation that they were subject to arrest, detention, and internment for the duration of the war.
0: Like, they just had an open end. Yeah, it was just a proclamation. It was like, hey,
1: guys, um, put your name on this list. Tell us where you live, where you work. Um, and we have the right to b- incarcerate you. Indefinitely. Un- until this war ends. Um, but don't worry, it's the war, war
0: to end all wars. Which also, can we talk about how, like, end of wars is always... We were talking about the, the Korean War in a in a previous episode. And it's like... It, it just tapers off. You know, yeah. there's never a hard it's like, end. It's like, it.
1: oh, it's like I always get on my high horse around, like, uh, Independence Day. Because I'm like, oh, no, like, the 4th of July is when we, like, signed the Declaration of Independence. Yeah. Like, we didn't get our independence for, like, uh, until we September just, 4th.
0: We in, like, just declared later. it. We Michael yeah. Scotted, I declare bankruptcy.
1: Yeah. Um, like, and then that war dragged on even after the Treaty of Paris. Yeah. So. Um, so, so this is, this is the first thing is just, I feel like it's kind of like a warning like, Hey, sup, uh, people are real scared right now. This is our reaction is that we might do this. We just want to let you know, put, give us all of your information. Um, and then in also in early 1942. So I think like a month later, uh, executive order 9066, is which I really thought you were going to make a lot two
0: four six oh one. Oh, I
1: thought you were going to. Do I didn't think lot it was a number from Phantom <laughs> of the Opera. Not
0: six six five. The worst. You know what? Um, you are the one that prompted yeah, that. Yeah, I was I, going straight to lamez.
1: Every we're both terrible. Uh, so this executive order in February 1942 is signed by Franklin Delano Roosevelt, uh, and it authorized regional military commanders to designate exclusion zones quote from which any or all persons may be excluded end quote for reasons of military security um and following that authorization and that executive order a gentleman by the name of Carl Benditsen. he was a colonel but I'm going to strip him of his title because he was an asshole
0: I'll allow it uh,
1: <laughs> uh developed the plan he's known as like being he's known as being the uh like the architect behind the internment program um and basically, the plan was a, was that all persons of Japanese ancestry, whether foreign or American-born, were going to be forced to leave the West Coast. Uh, and so this is segue, sidebar, into just, like, the two men who I'm going to blame for everything right now. Uh, the whole country was at fault. Everyone was, everyone was, like, the media was posting, like, super fear-mongering things. People were crazy racist I've against Japanese. I've seen, like, they, they
0: show, like uh, like, cartoons and, you know... From blurbs from ma- yeah. from newspapers back then, they were awful, they were awful. Uh,
1: and it was like all of the newspapers on like also
0: hashtag Casseroon's Everything, Dr. Seuss, right? He did a bunch of those. Oh, yeah, yep. Ooh. Ooh. Um, but so, side note
1: on the two gentlemen who I will credit as like the architects behind the program, um, Carl Bendenson. Uh, and uh, also also he has a title, Lieutenant General John L. DeWitt, but I'm just going to call him DeWitt. Um, More like d- Dick. <laughs> so, uh, side note on Benditson, before the Pearl Harbor attack, uh, he was sent to Hawaii to discuss the need to intern enemy aliens in case of war, and in his notes he basically states that because there were so many American citizens of Japanese descent in the islands, quote-unquote, good Americans... Uh, might, quote, give Japs the benefit of the doubt, end quote, for economic reasons. Because, like, it was most of the population. Yeah. Um, and also, after the war, he super downplays his role in the internment. Uh, what? And is just like, no, no, no. I was, like, just one, want- like, we were all working on it. Uh, it wasn't just me. I wasn't awful. uh which isn't completely I was wrong.
0: awful with other people
1: I just also want to point out that on his wikipedia page there's a whole section on his wikipedia titled embellishments and falsehoods Ooh. and it was just it was just a section of like numerous things that he gave con- contradictory accounts on of like oh no i was like here and i was like helping this this general no. or this
0: senator—it was a shared Google presentation. Yeah, you got yeah. your—you got a oh, whole section on embellishments and falsehoods. Yes, <laughs> he was just
1: making shit up. Um, so that was that's awesome. You know, Thank so you, so the, Wikipedia. The plan was like largely his, and then I feel like largely um, put into action by John L. Dewitt because he issued. So this is now March of 1942. Uh, public public proclamation number one, which declared that such persons or classes of persons as the situation may require, okay, so basically, like, whoever the hell you want to lump into this, Right. Um, would at some later point be subject to or- exclusion orders from military or area number one. So basically, this is, like, whoever we want to might at some point get kicked out of where they live, their homes. That's... Uh... There's a lot of this, a lot of, like, the... Actual, like, initial proclamations and, like, orders of this are, we might do this, and it might affect you.
0: Yeah. Also, I think that's kind of that, like, like we were saying earlier, not so much branding or marketing, but it's laying the groundwork for when we do make these so horrible legal decisions. We're like, well, you know, we we have a precedent, and we kind of already talked about yeah. it, so... And it yep. makes it easier for the public to get on board. Yeah. Because they're like, oh, they're just saying, yeah, that sounds safe. And that sounds like a good idea. Like They've already good talked idea. themselves into and it. And then when they start adding these horrible things to it, you've already got the public at a baseline of here. And it's so easy to just incrementally make it worse and worse and have people be okay with that.
1: Yeah. So this was exclusion from uh, what was called military area number one, which was originally the entire Pacific coast to about... 102 miles, 161.3 kilometers. Thanks, uh, thanks our,
0: to our, our, fans our fans abroad who actually reached out and said thank you for, for the kilometers. For,
1: yeah. That's why I kept it in there. You're welcome. Um, so uh, the Pacific coast uh, to, to about 100 miles, 161 kilometers inland. So more or less, it originally was all of southern Arizona, western parts of Washington, Oregon, and California. And so they were like, hey, you might have to move. So a lot of people moved, quote-unquote, voluntarily um, to the easternmost portion of their states that weren't part of the exclusion zone. Oh, yeah, yeah. So they're like, okay. Um, I say voluntarily, but it was still an order. Yeah. So so they're like, okay, we'll just, like, move east in our state. We don't have to leave our state. We're not too far from where we were. We can plan to this. And then, like, just kidding. A second exclusion zone uh, was added, like, months, I think like six months later that basically made them all move again. So it was like, you moved, thanks for doing that. We decided you can't be here either. We're going to change our minds again. Yep. Uh, It affected like the areas that most Japanese Americans had moved to when they moved voluntarily the first time. Gross. So I was like, soik. Um, So, uh, side note on DeWitt now. uh, The dick. Because I'm just, yeah, let's just like Give asshole credit where credit asshole credit is due. Um, he was allegedly pressured into accepting this plan, uh, this public proclamation, like the Benedict Bennett, Benedict plan.
0: That was like the laziest peer pressure ever. Yeah, okay, yeah. I guess
1: I'll do it. Well, because he had allegedly originally proposed a less restrictive approach, but like he was also a very vocal supporter of the internment of Japanese Americans period so I don't think there are a lot of shades in this uh, also he was a real asshole he opposed efforts to distinguish uh, sorry he opposed efforts to distinguish loyal uh, Japanese Americans from disloyal Japanese Americans he basically was like we don't we don't if you
0: prove your worth d- we don't care yeah, like, we're not going to spend time
1: like investigating whether or not we have there you pose a threat child that I'm going to throw in this internment camp wow sound familiar right um Gross. Uh, uh, he also opposed the creation of of Japanese combat units and he said he'd use, uh, he'd quote, use every proper means at his disposal to stop the resettlement of Japanese Americans outside of camp and their eventual return to the West Coast after the war. So he was like, this this plan is very restrictive. I didn't originally want to agree to it, but also I don't want you to be able to go home or leave the camp after the war either. So... But I'm not an asshole. Um, it's a head-on he, on impression. Yeah, that's exactly what he sounded like. It's <laughs> convenient that I have this raspy throat today. Husky. He and uh, he and Benditson uh, actually circulated a final report that that said that uh, the Japanese uh, race made it impossible to determine their loyalty, thus necessitating their internment. Um, and it,
0: apparently, hashtag the original, science.
1: Oh the apparently the initial report was so offensive um you know even with all of the racism that everyone was accepting on at the top time, of that it was even offensive to those racists uh Ooh. that they hastily redacted the the report and ordered all copies to be destroyed
0: oh my god because <laughs> they're like i mean like we
1: mean it but like we're getting in trouble <laughs> it's i didn't say that um So, yeah, so, just so that we're clear, this is still, this is still beginning of March 1942. Um, so this is, like, March, like, first or second. Ten days, less than ten days later, another executive order comes down, uh, that created the office of the alien property custodian, basically saying, we could take your shit. It created an office that basically said, like, if you have, if you have to relocate, we we can take your shit. Um, and even if, this was before a lot of forced relocations were happening, um, but what happened was that the assets of a lot of families with Japanese ancestry were frozen, which wound up preventing a lot of people from moving out of the exclusion zones. So they, they weren't being forced to move out of the exclusion zones yet, but they were basically being told like, it'd be a good idea because we might make you move. Yeah. But then their assets were frozen. So they couldn't, so they couldn't relocate on their own terms. Yeah. Um, uh, and then, so then, like, 10 days after that, a public law uh, provided and finally provided enforcement of this executive order and made violations of, of any military orders um, a misdemeanor punishable by up to 5K in fines and one year in prison. This public law was authored by Benditson, signed by Roosevelt, approved by voice votes after only an hour of discussion in the Senate and 30 minutes in the House. They're all just like, yeah, okay, sounds good. Checks out. Checks out. Three days after that, another proclamation sets a curfew, uh, 8 p.m. to 6 a.m. for, quote, all enemy aliens and all persons of Japanese ancestry, end quote, within military areas. Which I appreciate because they're, like, recognizing that they're not enemy aliens. They're like, if you're an enemy, if you might be an enemy of the state, or just if you're a person of Japanese ancestry, yeah. curfew. Um, that same day was the first day that civilian exclusion orders came down and people were actually forcibly moved um, or like given another heads up. Uh, and it was for specific areas. Bainbridge Island, which I mentioned before, was the first to be subjected due to its proximity to naval bases around Seattle. They had, so this was March 24th, they had until March 30th to prepare for removal. So they had six days to pack. Um, 227 people left Bainbridge Island on a ferry being allowed to take only what they could carry. They were ferried to Seattle and then put on a train, uh, to like more central California and, and an area of Idaho, which climate wise is nothing like what they were used to or packed for. They didn't know what to pack for because they weren't told where they were going. Um, again, does this, does this sound like what was happening in Germany? Uh, in Europe? Um, but we're the good guys, we're the so good it's guys. not the same. Uh, another proclamation uh, a couple days later prohibited anyone of Japanese inc- ancestry from leaving military area number one. Um, f- for this, okay, this didn't make sense to me, but I'm going to read it. For, quote, any purpose until and to the extent that a future proclamation or order of this headquarters shall so permit or direct. Which I took to mean as you can't stay. We're going to give you orders that you have to leave and we're going to put you on a train and make you leave. But you also can't like come and go as you please until we put you on a train and make you leave.
0: It makes it sound like this is what you have to do until we change your mind and are going to tell you something different.
1: Yeah. It's like we're going to kick you out. But also until then, like don't move at all. Um, then uh, beginning of May... There was, but okay, so that was, so exclusion order, like number one, I think is the one civilian exclusion order, like number one is like Bainbridge. Um, By May, we're already on civilian exclusion order, like number 34. Um, And it's just clearing out the rest of that military area. And they're moved to relocation camps, AKA concentration camps. So uh, the, eventually, this in 1944, the Supreme Court like enters and tries like two cases on the subject. Um, the first was uh, Korematsu versus the United States, and in this one, they upheld uh, a second generation uh, individual's conviction for violating the order, stating that in general, the removal of Japanese Americans from the West Coast was constitutional. Um, however, they also unanimously declared in another case. That loyal citizens of the United States, regardless of dissent, could not be detained without cause. So, in summary, the Supreme Court's intervention—or not really intervention, because it was—they uh, had already been in camps for two years—said um, that the eviction of American citizens in the name of, the mil- of military necessity is legal; the subsequent incarceration of them is not. So, we can we can remove you, but we can't hold you. hold you. Yeah, um, like we can. Yeah. Um, even so the exclusion order wasn't rescinded until January 2nd, 1945. It was postponed actually, because, uh, of the 1944 election, they didn't want the removal of it to uh, affect 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 Roosevelt's reelection campaign. Um, yeah. So some went back, some went East, some went back to Japan, uh, some because they really didn 't have anywhere else to go because yeah. a lot tried to go back west, but they had nothing to go back to this um, is after this is after the camps are closed, um and some like still straggled while' the cause camps were kind of slowly closing down like yeah. they didn't well they didn't to their credit they didn 't just say like "Get out of the camps because these people didn 't have, have anywhere anything. to yeah. go um, but they did start like shutting down uh services at the camps to kind of like get the stragglers to yeah. like leave. Um, and so the last camp wasn't closed until March 20th, 1946. So, uh,
0: a year four, after the war ended.
1: Yeah. And four years, uh, and a full, like a full year after the camps were, uh, were quote unquote closed, uh, and four years after it all, like after they, at all, all the incarceration started. Um, so yeah, uh, that's, that's that. Great, right? So happy topic. What you got for us? Nothing. Oh, (laughs) Oh. (laughs) I Um, thought you
0: were cueing us on something. Um, the the thing that I mean, I feel like this goes back to the idea thing as well. Like, yeah, maybe they were their reasonings on paper were like, oh, you might be a bad guy, but also this is playing into the like, let's fear monger because it it weirdly makes people feel safe you know to have a scapegoat but but they were already these and this has parallels to now already kind of like a a disadvantaged people yeah like there was rampant racism towards there was asian americans at the time yes let's target this already vulnerable vulnerable group and then by doing that we'll make everyone it's easy to jump on board that it's easy to jump on board uh, a group of people who you have already decided are less than, and now, oh, we're the average American is like doing their part by supporting this because it helps the war effort.
1: And it's like sort of that thing where they're like very clearly the media was, was selling this yeah, and like public uh, government officials were selling this hard. Cause if you looked into it and you were like, oh, it's anyone of Japanese um, uh, ancestry in these regions, yeah. meaning they were removing infants from orphanages who had Japanese ancestry and just like putting them on a train. They were moving patients in hospitals, many of which then like died because they didn't have treatment because they were being moved. Yeah. Um, that it's like, and I feel like when we study it in school too, it's like, this was horrible. Let's not do this again. <clears throat>
0: mm-hmm. uh, <clears throat>
1: Uh, There's this,
0: so much eye rolling. One yeah. of our eyes is about to pop out right
1: now. Yeah, but like I feel like the the it's one of those things where you study you study U.S. history in the U.S. You're of course going to get like anything that was that like we don't look come out looking too yeah. good in uh, being covered as efficiently as possible.
0: Well, and I I feel like when we studied this in in school, it was like they the slant was yeah this was not great we had good intentions and then we realized like oh we're wrong and we got out of there it's like yeah. no no you you threw people you threw americans in concentration you made camps. no
1: efforts to like St- to investigate them at all you just like grabbed them all yeah. and threw them in concentration and camps and it
0: wasn't just like oh hey everyone in you know san francisco just hang out in this area it's like we're relocating them across yeah. The country like move picking them up and moving them far out of their homes it's not just like you have to hang out over here and time out for a little bit yeah. it's we're ripping your lives apart and throwing you over here and it, in history class made it seem like oh and then we realized we were wrong so we let them go back home and it was really quick and it was a super easy transition it's like no 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 yeah
1: well i also think it's like what i didn't well like the things that i kind of was like what was kind of like also creating the situation because at first I was reading it and I was like, oh, I didn't realize that there was so many kind of like uh, soft launches of this, of like <laughs> them being like, we've decided we have the right to do this. Like yeah. we've decided it's legal to do this yeah. and it's legal to punish it. Like, so we might, we might do it. Just saying like, we have a list, put your name on this list. We might do it. And then being, I've been, so there were people who proactively were like, okay, well, I don't want, like, obviously, I don't want to be moved to a camp. I'm going to move. And then the government being like, oh, mm, now Now, that area is also part of it. Or, oh, but we seized all of your assets. or We froze all of your assets. So even if you go go anywhere, yeah. Yeah, you can't even try to avoid this atrocity that should never be happening.
0: And back again to the slant and the way they they sold it in school is – We're learning about this when we learn about World War II, right? And so we're learning about the Holocaust and we're learning about concentration camps and work camps. And they always say, I don't even remember them saying work camps very often. When we studied um, it, they said concentration camps in Germany, concentration camps. Mm -hmm. And then when we kind of started talking about, you know, what was going on in the States and they said internment camps. And I remember being like this. Oh, it's it's different then. It's different because they're not using the same words. And I'm seeing black and white pictures of Japanese Americans behind bars, literally behind fences. But some, I never thought about it too much, but I remember being like, Oh, it's, I guess it's not the same thing because they they use that terminology. And
1: there was a whole campaign that was like, it's for the protection of the Japanese Americans. And it's like, "Mm, what if the whole country just wasn't super fucking racist?
0: Yeah. And, And that's again, why we go over it really quickly in school because no one, No one even was like, oh, wait, teacher, this sounds really similar. It's we didn't have time and they used different language. And so it's like, okay. And then glossed over. And then it kind of desensitized us to like, no, this was.
1: They didn't even, I mean, like, nobody wanted to, like, take responsibility for it or apologize for it or like admit that it was wrong. Do
0: you know, were there any sort of reparations or there anything? There were.
1: I was actually just going to say, because uh, I was going to say that they didn't get a formal apology uh, from the U.S. government until 1978. Gross. So it was Ford gave it to them. They, starting in like the civil uh, when they were, it was, like, during all the civil rights movement in the 60s, younger Japanese Americans began a movement that was uh, actually mainly targeting like a, an official apology, but also reparations from the federal government. Yeah. Um, but the focus wasn't like d- documenting property losses that they suffered. It was more of just like, Hey, uh, you want to admit that, uh, this was real fucked up. Yeah. Um, so Ford gave an apology in 78. Um, and, uh, and of course one of the guys, uh, Benditson is still alive and is on record opposing it. Yeah. Um, and then in 1988, Dude, quit
0: doubling down. It was
1: wrong to say it. 88 was when they, uh, when they, when Reagan-approved uh, financial redress. So it was uh, $20,000 for each surviving detainee. Um, so I don't think it was their the family. It was just, it was survive. It was if if you yourself was detained, yeah. not if you were like the child
0: of... Which it doesn't help anything because you rip these people's lives yeah. up and now their children and grandchildren are starting off on this economic level yeah. of destitution. Well, and also
1: like the U.S. didn't have the money to get... Twenty thousand dollars to all of the surviving detainees at that time, so they had to like basically create a system of like who gets it first.
0: Oh no! So um, most of these people probably didn't get anything. Well, and then in nineteen
1: ninety two, H W Bush did like they like they raised more money to do another round of it. Got it. I don't know if they like have like checked off them all.
0: Yeah. Um, but, yeah. there there is um a musical that came out in twenty fifteen starring George Takei about. Um, is it Takay or Takai? George Dekai? George Takai? Maybe it's Takai. I don't know. Um, yeah, it's Takai. I watched Star Trek. I'm actually staring at a Star uh, Spock mug right now. Using my Leonard Nimoy mug. Yeah. Um, it's starring George Takai, and it's about um, uh, I think it's a soldier that comes back, and he's in a world, and he's in an internment camp. And George Takai, I I believe, was interned. Like because I remember when this came out, and he was talking about. He was doing press for it and they were kind of there was talking about the uh the, the Japanese internment on kind of like a media level that we haven't heard from yeah. in a while. Um, and he was raising awareness for it. And I think either his parents I thought that he said like he was in an internment camp, but maybe it was his parents, but he has some like direct connection to it and you realize like it was not that long ago. No.
1: Like there are still there are still surviving detainees because they were literally putting infants in there, yeah again,
0: sound familiar border camps um if you i mean the, the play's not running anymore the musical, but i'm sure they have a cast album or you can read the play somewhere, go yeah. check it out or look into it um, i'm probably going
1: if you're ever and if you 're ever in um, if you remember in the Seattle area and you want to take a ferry to bainbridge island it's the memorial is. Like heart wrenching and also like beautiful.
0: Yeah. Um. I'll post some pics. Yeah, let's post some pics of that. I'll post some pics. Um, heavy, heavy app. Yeah. Sorry. Don't be sorry. It's time I, to share some mystery. I told
1: Cass I was like, um, I'm doing something depressing. I was like, oh,
0: I'll try to do something goofy, and then I, I didn't.
1: <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm gonna. We were very goofy though at the top of this. We episode.
0: were. Yeah. Um, um, but I think it's like an important thing that like
1: people know. I feel like most. I hope every American knows that
0: it happened, and there's there's that there's the history we're sharing that oh, it's not completely left out, but maybe it's not it's not given the it's not given the, the page count it's page due, count it's, but it's yeah. also not given the context, yeah. or the perspective, yeah. I
1: would say the same about about Latin America that it's yeah. not given like that's like uh, that's a great contextual, uh, like a contextual history,
0: yeah, of like and we've talked about that. like I love like context it's like yeah. oh this is exactly what was going on here what was happening around it what caused it that mm-hmm. led to it and what, what set the, the stage what's for. the ripple effect yeah. because it goes so it's so much far more far reaching than just like in 1830 someone wrote a poem and said Latin America and you know <laughs> <laughs> and then poof there was a Latin America <laughs> boom yeah it happened um, um well, yeah
1: thanks thanks guys I, uh, I I hope we didn't bring down your commute too much <laughs> <laughs> with talk of concentration camps, right. I mean, not all. Most history is deeply depressing. Yeah. Uh, so it's going to happen. Um, but uh, thanks
0: for joining us again. Thanks for sharing with us. If you guys want to um, share some more, we're on the gram and the Twitter. Yeah. At, at shared pod. Yeah. Shoot us a tweet. Shoot us a gram. Yeah. Comment on stuff. Ask us questions. DM us for
1: any. What was it? Oh, for any questions, corrections, or suggestions. Uh, you can email us at sharedhistorypodcast@gmail.com at gmail dot com, uh, and yeah, like I've had a couple people send me some some things that I had not heard of.
0: Yeah, that, we like, had we have actually added, had,
1: we have, we both have very long lists running, but yes. we're not afraid to add more to them.
0: Um, and we had some people comment on past episodes that they they enjoyed and yeah. gave us some follow up. We did a an episode on Avicenna, and we had some people. We've since learned even more about Avicenna. Shout out Jesse Greco, thanks for sending us some additional information. Uh, reach out to us; we want to hear from you. Yeah, um, DJ Rip, give us a final sound bite. Say something. And nope. <laughs> we say goodbye.
1: We're just making Rip do things now.
0: We haven't heard him giggling in the back enough because of this episode. It's, because it's been it's too, too sad. Heavy. Red, the blood Uh-oh. of
1: angry men. Yep, and on that note, <laughs> uh, don't <laughs> forget to subscribe, rate, and review. I'm Natalie Younger. I'm Cass Maher. Share you later.